0: All right, 4Play brought to you by Barstool Sports. What's up, Trent? Uh, nothing much. How are you, Riggs? I'm doing fantastic. Kind
1: of, kind of a lie. You said you had a toothache, but we'll keep going.
0: Uh, well, yes, but I'm trying to mentally get myself over the hump of having a toothache. I'll
1: stop reminding you of the toothache, so hopefully it goes away.
0: Also, I've never been—I've never really fallen victim to a toothache situation because my dad's a dentist, so anytime I have any problems, I just like get stuff fixed.
1: When you said toothache, I thought you were like, all right, he's just got a toothache. He's just going to keep bitching about it, but you said you can't even sleep with it.
0: Yeah, no, it's really affected my That's sleeping bad. patterns. It's either the toothache or it's been like a weird state of like hungover slash drunk. Okay, just from us going to Glen Oaks and then I had a wedding and it's been a crazy, crazy time. You're just hungover. Uh, maybe that might have <laughs> been it. Uh, just spinning around my room, being like, oh, this must be a toothache. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the, we got a big show. I'm getting ready to go to Scotland on Thursday night, which we'll talk about. The reason I am telling you that is not just to rub it in your face. We're kind of to rub it in your face, but. Uh, We're going to push next week's show, mostly due to the holiday, to Wednesday. So instead of coming out on Tuesday, next week's show following uh, the Dell Technologies at TPC Boston will come out on Wednesday. We also have Peter Jacobson on the show, uh, who's going to be up there covering it from Golf Channel. Very cool guy. He's a great dude, so we chatted with him for about 30 minutes. He told all kinds of good stories, like covering... Spees 13 hole, 13th hole at the Open Championship.
1: Yep. uh, How often they take bathroom breaks? What kind of snacks he's got up in the booth? A lot of good stuff in that interview. We
0: break down the FedEx Cup. We break down the majors. We break down, um, we get a little bit more in depth uh, about the 10 or 12 stars of the game, what to expect at the President's Cup, which he's also going to be covering. Uh, But first, we can't do any of this cool stuff without uh, some of the best clothing known to man.
1: That's right, Riggs. You're going to, uh, you said you're going to Scotland soon. You got to be looking your best that's what the folks at tailoredclothing.com are going to help you with. It's T-A-Y-L-R-D clothing.com, slash, foreplay is the code, F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y. The experience of finding your perfect fit and feeling confident, finding the right fit online is not easy. That's why the tailored people fixed it. Uh, They use a digital fit tool that allows the customer to enter their height, weight, and age. Tailored also provides imagery that clearly defines uh, their different fit options. Tailored Clothing was made to fit your lifestyle and will get you through the week and the weekend, desk to dinner. Boardroom to bar. Uh, shipping and returns, it's free over $75. Free Express, over 150 bucks, and returns are always free and super easy. Um, a portion of all profits go to Tuesday's Children, which was founded to sponsor the long-term healing for all those who are directly impacted by the impact by the events of 9-11. Since inception, they have grown to now and serve support communities. Worldwide that are impacted by acts of terror and traumatic loss. Uh, for 15% off your entire order. Uh, go to tailoredclothing.com. Again, that's T A Y L R D slash foreplay, F O R E P L A Y, and uh, go get your tailored clothing. I've already started my packing process for the trip. Uh, you, you, I saw an Insta story from you like three weeks ago when you were already starting. So yeah. this has been a long process.
0: Long process and. Every piece of tailored clothing that I own is going on the trip.
1: Love it. Those, oh, those salmon shorts, I guarantee they're already packed.
0: So I've been looking at the weather. The weather is going to be in the 60s, so I'm definitely going to have a couple shorts days. The salmon shorts are going. The blue pants are going. Woo! Uh, they, the, I love, too, they got the, the lining that kind of shines where the chicks kind of do a double take. Oh, is yeah. Is that guy, guy
1: lining on his pants Whoa, and on his pockets? He's, he's fancy, isn't he? Whoa, interesting.
0: You know? Um Boardroom to bar. Oh, it's, just, it's the best. It's the best. That's all you need. Um, well, I post many pictures. I'm going to be posting many pictures, and you're going to see how sexy my tailored clothing stuff looks. So Love it. Don't mess around. Go get yourself some stuff. Uh, crazy weekend. We had uh, two of the biggest stars in the game, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth in a playoff. Um, Glen Oaks, which we talked about a good amount last week because we were lucky enough to play out there about a month ago. Uh, we went Friday all afternoon. What did you think of the, the event there, Trent Daddy?
1: I thought it was great. I mean, going to the actual, going to Glen House, going to the event was cool. I uh, met up with our pal Eric, I believe, yeah. is our friend out there. Dave and Eric. Dave and Eric are cool guys. Um, yeah, me and you, we putzed around the course. We saw Rory, we saw Speeth, we saw Phil. Um, we drank a few transfusions, watched a bunch of the play. It was uh, it looked magnificent. The course was in perfect condition.
0: Yeah, it really it really pops as uh, as they say, you know, it's everyone kept dropping the Augusta. Yeah, I saw it. where it's green and where the bunkers are white in there. You know, the edges are sharply cut and the fairways blend together in a lot of different spots um so it's cool it's a cool looking course they uh i think it's craig courier is that the guy's name oh uh, yes the, yeah that's the uh you know the greenskeeper up there the superintendent he who you know he's i think he was at augusta for a couple of years and then he uh was brought in to get beth page black ready for the 02 and 09 us opens uh and he was the one that got that got Glen oaks kind of going uh in the direction that it got into and ultimately that we saw this weekend and uh it was it was an awesome awesome course. There was uh, a, a couple people today have been talking about the 18th hole, which we saw a lot because they went right back to it in the playoff yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DJ hit his 341 yard drive over the water on a line that nobody else was taking.
1: Friend of the program, Kevin Kisner, had some choice words for the 18th. Kis
0: hole. said, "Worst hole ever." Worst hole ever. Which is a a very funny little comment. I can't you know I can't tell if he was being a little bit. Uh, playful because he he bogeyed it. I think three of the four days, and he was just kind of being like, "Oh, worst till ever," because I didn't play it well, or if he actually like hates that fucking hole.
1: Uh, if I know Kevin Kisner, I want to say there's a little bit of playful tone in him, but I feel like he's got an edge, so it could be right. I mean, it could be either one.
0: Yeah. So we um after play on Friday, you know, we followed Kisner. He was one of the last groups off. Kisner in a week or a week, a little over a week has. Kind of gone from, you know, a guy that was in the mix a good amount and had a really good year, but we didn't know much about, to maybe maybe my favorite guy on tour. He
1: was, he was so cool on, on Friday when we were at the course. Well, first of all, we ran into a little bit of a, a a stooley police officer who took us to an area, basically the family area of the course. We waited around and then hung out with Kiz for, how long do you think we were back there, 20, 25 minutes? Something like that, yeah. Shooting the shit with Kizner. He's... He is just like you and I and every probably every one of our listeners. He just happens to be extremely good at golf. We shot the shit about normal things for a half hour.
0: He was hilarious. His little even observations of like the crowd and shit that happens out there uh is just he's just a normal dude who's significantly better at golf than we are. Yes. But um but shout out to all the listeners too. I got a text from Kiz, uh I think Tuesday during the practice round. He texted me like, "Holy shit, you guys have a hell of a volley, huh?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" So everybody's yelling at me about the podcast. <laughs> like every every hole I go to, everywhere I walk. Um, so the the patrons were bringing it this week. Uh, they, you know, these guys are up in our neck of the woods, the Northeast. We got TBC Boston this weekend, so um, so let them hear it again out there. But but yeah, Trent and I, like you said, this this uh, cop who knew who knew who we were and was running the show <laughs> on like the family area kind of drags us in to the point where like, you know, we were excited to say to say hi to kids, just like we were when we met keegan because like who the fuck are Riggs and trent like why yeah. are we meeting and why do these people care about us at all um and we were we went even deeper than i thought we would ever go this time where we were standing next to you know like wags that we recognized and stuff people well, like if someone it was like when you're at like in wedding crashes and they're like yes who do you know <laughs> we were gonna be like, uh, I, I
1: texted kiss once well it was funny because back to the stoolie cop where he was like Yeah, I'll I'll help you guys out, but I got to watch Spieth finish up. Like, we were standing on 18. We're like, we need to go. We want to go talk to Kevin Kisner a little bit. Is that at all possible? He's like, yeah, I can take you wherever you want, but we got to wait for Spieth to finish up. I'm not going to take you yahoos anywhere until I watch that happen.
0: Which I was like, we just stood there like, touche. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But, yeah, once we got there – we are actually in the back area where the families hang out and all that, and me and you just hanging there like idiots. And here comes Kisner, big old lipper in his mouth, and just ready to shoot the shit. It was Sorry, great.
0: What's up, boys? <laughs> there were like 800 kids like trying to lean over a fence that we just we just blew right past
1: the fence. You just reminded me of something that was the funniest part of the day for me. We're standing there. A couple of the kids make their way back there. I don't know if they're you know kids of other golfers or if they just you know snuck back there. There were kids around Kevin Kisner and he was just grabbing things and signing them. The kids weren't even asking for his signature. (laughs) He was just grabbing them, and while still talking to me and Riggs, he would grab it, sign it, give it back, grab it. These kids don't want... Kevin Kisner's autograph. I don't think
0: it was laugh out loud funny. Like he was doing it, basically trolling them. <laughs> yeah, just in the middle of a conversation without shooting the shit, saying God knows what, probably very inappropriate shit for kids. Just grabbing things blindly and just throwing his <laughs> signature on them and like stuffing them back in the kid's faces. That
1: guys, those kids are gonna get home and be like, I don't know who this is, and I, I don't what care what is who this. this? Is. Like I
0: don't where did, how did this guy end up on my cool flag? Uh, oh. So yeah, so kids was great. It was a fun experience. We ended up. Um, a couple too many vodka cranberries because we ended up in like the, the tours box. Uh, oh, and yeah. they had it was actually maybe the coolest place on the course. There's like five different holes you could watch, it was between like 8, 13, uh, and then you could see like two more holes. I can't remember exactly which ones because I, I didn't study the routing that well, but uh, but they had open bar up there, which is dangerous. Trouble. Um, so we were cranking a couple of vodka cranberries. People, many people were drink shaming me for drinking cr- uh, vodka cranberries.
1: That's crazy. I got one after you got one because I was like, that looks delicious.
0: I actually got shamed by a chick who was like, wow, you really like when people troll you, don't you? Like thought that I was getting like a vodka cranberry, not because it's... In even conceivable that someone like me would like that but just because i like to attract trolls or something this has been a like it was a rating
1: i'm pretty sure it's been a, <laughs> a rating <crap>. i'm pretty <laughs> sure this has been a kfc radio conversation over the years where don't drink shame anybody we're all drinking we're all gonna get drunk like who cares if it's a butt heavy or a vodka cranberry or a martini or whatever we're all just heading to the same place just in different vehicles and we got there
0: i got there oh, in the yeah. same way you got there um you know we just crushed crushed some alcohol in the sun, out on Long Island, beautiful course. Watching some golf, hanging out with kids, watching them just basically troll little kids <laughs> in their in their face. It was great. It was it was uh, it was lovely. So yeah, for all of you listeners up there that are gonna be out in Boston, uh, which I imagine is going to be the most that we've ever had at one event. Yeah. Uh, go show kids some love. He enjoys it. He uh, he was pretty pumped. He's like, wow, people actually like like me now. That's sweet. Yep. Uh, so yeah, kids is the man. You've been waiting for this since February 6th. Football season is almost here, and there's no better way to get closer to the game you love than with DraftKings' one-week fantasy football. To celebrate, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest that is totally free to enter. Free is pretty cheap, right, Trent? Cheap as it gets. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. $1 billion billion dollars. That's an absurd amount of money. You got to draft the perfect lineup and you can win it with DraftKings. There are many ways to play. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your buddies. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. So go to draftkings.com now. Use the promo code 4 that's F O R E to play in DraftKings' free Week 1 contest with a $100,000 in total prizes. And, again, if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. That's promo code 4FORE to play for your shot to win $1 billion Week 1. The contest is totally free to enter. Why would you not try? You'd be crazy. DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The tournament was, um, it was it was a wild, wild finish. You really, you know, we always try to talk about rivalries. We always try to pit golfer against golfer, but very rarely do we actually get in golf for whatever reason. You know, two big heavyweights slugging it out to win an event, and we had DJ and Spieth go to a damn playoffs. I mean... T-
1: Well, well, first, it wasn't supposed to be that way because through five holes on Sunday, Spieth had a five-shot lead. So you're thinking, all right, this is going to be the most—like, it looks—the final group looks very appealing because it's Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth. But then you realize the stroke difference, and you're like, all right, it's going to be kind of boring. And then I believe Spieth doubled six. So then you're down to three shots with a lot of golf left, and, you know, we got to a playoff.
0: Yeah, and you're thinking Spieth's going to play boring golf, middle of the green—you know, middle fairway, middle of greens, and close this thing out, win by three or four, no problem. Uh, Nope. Got really interesting down the stretch. Obviously, Deej made that par putt, I think, 17-footer on the 72nd hole. I think very underrated was Speed's putt on 17. Right. He made like a 12 or 15-footer for par.
1: Huge, just barely lipped in. Barely
0: lipped in. Very similar to DJ's, uh Those ball, I mean, I feel like both of those putts should have lipped out in a normal situation, but because this was like down the stretch, maybe the tour's got some sort of Dave Portnoy-type deal with the devil I where would those fuckers it. lipped right in there. I believe it. I would um, believe it. It was it was it was very exciting to see. It was really interesting, um, watching him come up the seventy second hole, I thought, when DJ was, you know, one seventy or one eighty out and he laid up. I mean, he's one of the biggest hitters on the planet and uh you know, you saw his ball just dribble into the rough. Yeah, the rough he, was gnarly. Yeah,
1: you saw it, it just kinda dribbled off just barely and it disappeared. Disappeared. Just disappeared yeah. completely. So yeah, that was I mean, that was why the layup layup happened, but yeah, that rough was no joke.
0: One of those where you're watching the ball roll, you're watching the ball roll, and then when it goes into that, you, everybody audibly gasps.
1: Like, yeah. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, and then, oh, God. Well, and then I don't think people, maybe in the crowd at the actual course, realized how bad the rough was because when DJ laid up, you would have thought, like, some lady fainted in the crowd. Like, there was such a reaction to be like, there's Dustin Johnson, one of the longest hitters on tour, and he just laid up, like, what is going on? But it was because of the rough was so bad.
0: Yeah, so. and it was, that was, a, a, you know, Getting to play these courses is an unbelievably cool uh, little privilege that we get from from doing the podcast. So everybody out there, you should go start a golf podcast, but don't do that. This was uh, this was one of the cases where having played the hole and been there before DJ laid up. I thought like I don't I don't think he can go for it here because it was on a downslope in that thick rough to a seriously elevated green where you can't go over the green. You go over, you're dead. You're fucked. Yep. And so he, even if he lands it on the green, it's going to, it's going to carry him over the green. So I, I actually thought, like, wow, it's 180. He might lay this up. And then when he did, and uh, the people I was watching with were kind of like, holy shit, he laid up there. And I was like, a little insider knowledge here. No big deal. And I gave him that whole explanation I just gave you where it really sounds like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So then when he got up and down, I was like, God, I, I called that. I'm sweet. You're dead. I fucking nailed
1: it. Took a hell of a putt on 18.
0: Oh, that was awesome! They, I just, I kind of, didn't you feel like he was going to make it?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I feel that way with like on Spieth on seventeen. I thought he was going to make it, and then it's one of those things you kind of alluded to earlier where you don't the stars don't align all that often when you get two heavyweight guys, you know, ch- trading punches, and we finally got that. So I it did feel like the Dustin Johnson putt was going to go in the uh, the camera crew. Uh, did a good job of. They had a, a cr- uh, basically the shot coming towards you. The putt goes in. You get DJ in the foreground. In the background, there's uh, Pauline. The, I didn't want to bring Pauline into it yet, but uh, she was in the back going crazy. Dustin was, you know, pretty stone faced because. Uh, that's how he is, but it was great.
0: Yeah, there was the one clip where it looked like she was like hot and bothered by yeah, like oh that putt, oh like it goes oh. in,
1: like she was not expecting it to go in. You can tell, and her reaction is like oh, 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 oh she felt a chill in the air.
0: No, that was uh, it was sweet. He also kind of felt like he was gonna make it just because like he he played the whole. Like, smartly, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh, he laid up on purpose to a good wedge distance. Then he hit a decent wedge shot. Like, oh, he's definitely going to make it because this is just how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And then he made it. And then the playoff was um, playoff was interesting. Uh, speed goes first, you know, hits his little, uh, hits a, a less, less than aggressive line <laughs> out to the right. Uh, DJ obviously hits his, you know, over the water. Everyone's going nuts. The the
1: shot tracker, those two side by side. KFC tweeted one of them. Yep, so unbelievable. That was a really good
0: image. The also when the people were doing the, I think it's like Shot Link on PGA Tours app, where you kind of they do the line from the bird's eye view. Of like where their balls actually went and ended up, yeah, was a really funny difference. Well,
1: and you had said you read that Spieth knew he was screwed. So Spieth, uh
0: really interesting uh, article that I found on Golf Channel. Shout out to our guy Peter Jacobson, Golf Channel guy, no big deal, representing, respecting the biz. Uh, Spieth basically talked at length, being like, as soon as I hit my tee shot on 18, I regretted the line that I took, and I knew he he was like, I actually was hoping that DJ was not going to realize like, because the wind that, just shifted. Right, he had said when they played the whole. Uh, 15, 20 minutes earlier, the wind had been a little bit in the face, and Speed's like right when I teed off, I realized it was downwind, and it's actually like it's harder to hold the fairway the more right you go. Yep. DJ can't even hold the fairway if he goes because like, he hits it too far. So Speed kind of said he knew like, I'm in trouble <laughs> off the tee because <laughs> yeah. like the wind had switched.
1: A rare mistake from the normally pretty cerebral Jordan Speed. Yes.
0: And um, yeah, and it was you know it was a three hundred yard carry I think over that water on the left. But again, if it's it's downwind and it's firm. If you can just get the ball, you know, basically a yard over that water, you know, it's going to bounce all the way into the fairway and whatnot. Yeah. So, um So it was interesting to hear him kind of talk about that and talk about, you know, the, his thoughts in the playoff.
1: You, uh, you tweeted something interesting that I that I wanted to bring up where you said this was one of the. There's a lot of talk around the tour about long hitters yep. and how that's affecting what course should there should be playing, how long they're going to be, how long they should be. You said this was a clear example of someone who can bomb it having a clear advantage over a guy like Spieth, who doesn't have obviously has the putter, he has a short game, but he can't drive it as far. What what exactly did you mean by that?
0: Yeah, because you know there's this there's this uh, frequent discussion about people love to say like oh well you know who, who who's better right? They go like is it Rory? Is it DJ? Is it Spieth? Is it Jason Day? Like who is the who is the best player? Whose game is the best? People always love to boil it down to. Well, when they have their A game, who would you take? Um, and I always think that's the dumbest thing in the world because no player ever plays a golf tournament for four rounds with their A game. Yep. That's not even what golf's about. Golf's about, you know, consistency, managing the misses, getting the ball. You know, we always say like he's just the best at getting the ball in the hole when you talk about speed, which literally is fucking golf. <laughs> Um. So people love to talk about that, and I love to defend Spieth in that. Like, no, he's got it figured out in that way where he he. You know, people love to talk about he doesn't hit the bars as far as as far as the DJs and the Rorys and all of that. Um. And and that um quality to Spieth's game is what is going to separate him. Over a 25-30 year PGA Tour career from the other guys, where you know who knows what those exact numbers are going to be, but he's going to win more majors and he's going to have kind of this this iconic career where he emerges from the pack. However, I thought that in the playoff yesterday, and and who knows, you know, this was this was before I knew that Spieth like thought he could take the other line yeah, or
1: whatever. Yeah, that does change it a little bit.
0: But. That was a very clear example where it was like, you know, DJ's length there. I mean, he had a fucking flip wedge in and hits it to three or four feet. It was ridiculous. And Spieth's got kind of this, you know, this downhill lie type, like mid-iron into that green that's a really hard green to hit. And, it you know, it lands and kind of bounces towards the back of the green. He has to lag one up there. So I thought that was a very rare case that actually kind of goes against what I— love to defend and talk about speed's game where the distance yeah. like blatantly was just a huge
1: advantage yeah. right there. So you think everything's gonna be fine. Like that's that's basically oh, totally, totally. I I totally
0: agree with that. Yeah, I just I thought that that it was cool to kind of to kind of say like, no, this like the fact that DJ can hit it that much further is not necessarily always a huge advantage because I you know, I think that Speed has figured it out better than everybody else, like how to manage four rounds of golf and how to, you know, use his iron play and his potting to his advantage and all this. Um, but that was where it was like oh fuck oh, like jesus there's Christ. clear <laughs>
1: example of like those back-to-backs like oh and it does make a difference that Speef it sounds like he thinks he could have made the same sort of shot if he had realized the wins and all that but that was a clear example where if you can just dump on the ball like dustin johnson can you have a advantage and it was
0: and it was you know proof that that's the common that that was the common reaction by you know kind of how viral the, that 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 screen grab way well, different goes, trajectories everyone was just like looking at that like
1: whoa the reason it goes viral is because it's it's very tangible Yeah. cuz those pictures of the shot tracker that you can see people can say, hey look at that when there's a lot more context and, and conversation to have around it but it's easy for someone from the outside to be like see the guys who hit it further are going to win every single time when Spieth has been proving that wrong you know his whole career right and it was really interesting too because
0: i saw I think somebody s- – uh, the stat was that DJ only carried his ball 26 yards further than Speeth did, mm-hmm. but they had, I think, an 80-yard difference in their approach distances. Yeah. So that kind of speaks to it where, like, no, Spieth can move the ball out there and stuff. It's just like, you know, that line and it just – it all added to it. And, um, and you know, we've had some chatter, uh, again, about whether that whole stinks or not. Our boy Ian Poulter really <laughs> chimed in. Did he? Oh, yeah. He chimed in big time and was like – Basically, was like Spieth got fucked because this hole sucks. But congratulations, DJ.
1: <laughs> That's very Poulter. It was super polter. That's very Poulter. Uh, we did see Poulter walking around on Friday while we were out there. Uh, a lot taller than I thought he was going to be. Yes. Um. Not he's all legs, but he's just a lot taller than I thought he was going to yes. be.
0: Yes. I also realized that I'm just all talk. Um. Because when you get to these tournaments, like if Poulter came up to me when we were in the fucking family area with kids trolling kids and stuff yeah. that I would have been like hey man really nice to meet you you're like
1: 100%. You know you want to stand on the hard line and I I let's what's exactly what you're saying. I want to be like if Boulder came up to me in that family area I'd be like fuck you you're the worst. I make fun of you all the time. You just it doesn't feel that way when you're back there. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but it does, you do get the feeling where it's like, oh, I'm back here right. now. It's kind of strange.
0: I would I would love to say that I'd be the total badass that sticks to my guns, but I'd probably take off my shirt. Yeah, can you like sign my chest, please? Thank you so much.
1: Oh, gross. So but great finish. Great, great finish. You great know, finish. Tiger or not Tiger. Wow. DJ and Spieth just going at it. That's you got the number one guy in the world, the number three guy in the world. FedEx Cup playoff full that's what you want with golf
0: this is also big for me as a guy that came out last week as a huge pro fedex cup playoffs guy huge and then we get a hot start like this Um, this is i fucking love the fedex cup playoffs i just love them we talk about that with peter jacobson as well we get really into it um okay moving on uh you just mentioned Tiger Woods. We got Tiger Woods announced as an assistant captain for this year's Presidents Cup.
1: I've got uh I've saw I've seen a couple outlets putting qu- comeback in quotes with this like announcement that he's going to be an assistant captain at the Presidents Cup. That's where we're at.
0: That's the opposite of a comeback. That <laughs> yeah. is and th- the reason I really wanted to talk about this briefly is I I am very adverse to a world where Tiger Woods is like this fucking like, wise grandfather figure that serves as, like, an assistant captain and, like, a leader. No, I want him to be a fucking all-star. I don't want him to be, like, brought in as this guy with all this experience that he's going to share with the younger guys because his career's over and he's dead and he's getting DUIs and his dick's everywhere and he fucking, (laughs) he can't walk for five minutes straight without breaking his back and
1: needing surgery and... I don't like that one. Yeah, I want him... He's eventually going to be that Yoda-like figure right. where he is the he's the captain, he's all this, he's that. It's just too early. There's too much golf supposedly left in that body for him to already be in this. What is he, he's 41, 42? Yeah, I think he's 41. We're, we're like 10 years early on it. And I know his body sucks. I know his knee sucks. I know his dick's huge. But it's, it's just too early for this type of... For it to be making headlines where, like, Tiger is... An assistant captain. Let's all get excited about it. It's very depressing. Like if he
0: if he shows up at Liberty National with like a long gray goatee, Ugh. I'm going to I might kill myself.
1: Ugh. Well, and the, the problem is is it gets him his fix of I miss the boys. I want to, you know, be with the boys. I want to joke around. I want to tap nut sacks. I want to do all that, but he doesn't have to do any of the playing and I'm afraid he's going to start liking it to the point where he's just like, you know what, I've I've got my fourteen majors, I've got a bazillion PJ tour wins. Maybe maybe I don't need I don't need to do this again.
0: The one saving grace that I take away from that is I remember the story, the anecdote from around this time last year, maybe a little later in the year when Rory said that Tiger texts him at like four AM from the gym, being like, I'm working out, what are you doing? So I still think he's got some of that in where he's He's like, I'm fucking coming for that ass. Well, yeah.
1: guys. historically, I mean, he's obviously the, the biggest killer of all time. He's, you know, slit your throat, rip your guts out type of guy. So you think somewhere in there is still the competitive edge. But he, he really does seem to be kind of liking this uh, chill out. Person.
0: Like a little part of Rigsy thinks that he goes to the President's Cup just so that he can like take notes on the players like before he goes to sleep on their weaknesses and like what he can expose when he runs into them in a major championship in two years. I like this. Healthy. You're
1: very woke on assistant captain Tiger.
0: I just I refuse to give up on <laughs> real Tiger. I refuse. I refuse to, to, give... to accept Yoda Tiger. Fuck Yoda oh, Tiger.
1: I, Yoda Tiger will be sweet, but not now. Yeah, yoga t- when he's like 70, not when he's fucking 41. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's it's sad, but uh, maybe this is just one of many steps for him to regain some sort of dominance.
0: We also I saw Michelle Wie's hurt or something. What happened? She had surgery. She had
1: an emergency she had to pull out of the tournament she was playing and she had an emergency appendectomy. Ooh. she had to get her appendix removed uh, okay my brother i could have said that the first time yeah my brother had this he said it was the worst pain he's ever had in his yeah life.
0: i heard it's like you it's like the worst thing in the world it's like excruciating pain like, you feel like your insides are like
1: dying can you like, like preempt this it. can you like have your could i have my appendix removed right now so i don't have to like because here's the thing what happens apparently is it Good like question. comes to the point where it's going to burst so you have to get it out of you before it ruptures why can't i just have my appendix like you get your tonsils out why can't I get my appendix removed?
0: I just had a sad moment where I was I looked towards where Sunshine would usually be to ask him if he knew if you can get your 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 uh, appendix. Sunshine's gone.
1: It's uh, it's it's Radio Brendan. I don't we know got, if his, I don't know got, if his mic is on. We but. got
0: Radio Brendan now in uh, for he was a, Sunshine. He's
1: a very nice guy, but yeah, he no Sunshine.
0: Yeah, poor Sunshine. R.I.P. Sunshine. Um,
1: so yeah, Michelle Wee, she is recovering. Said she's gonna take at least the next two events off, and you know, we hang out with her a couple weeks ago. And then she almost she basically almost dies. That's and,
0: a four play curse, it's just it's yeah. fucking getting dangerous can, out there. You
1: know, it can put Kevin Kisner on the top of the leaderboard through seven holes in the first day, but then it can also almost kill one of the most popular female golfers in the world. Yeah, we have
0: had a good we have had an interesting stretch with the four play uh bump that we like to call it when they're doing well. Where guys start off tournaments hot like Willie Wilcox did it one time.
1: Ollie almost won the other day. But I feel like they never like win. I don't know if that's what that is. We had Wesley Bryan
0: win, but but even like kids, you know, he's, he's four under through nine or whatever, and he's like leading the tournament, and he finished two or three over for the tournament, like wasn't in the mix. So we're going to have to tweak that a little bit. Um, all right, coming up next, we've got uh, our interview with Peter Jacobson of Golf Channel. Like we said, he's going to be covering a lot of the events, uh, pretty much all the events, over the next month. So uh, So enjoy this chat with Peter Jacobson.
1: This interview with Peter Jacobson is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. Get a great shave at a great great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's an awesome life hack and a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposal razor that can give you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you don't need. And when I use my uh, Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade just gently glides, giving me such a smooth shave. Their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs, and fights razor bumps. You, too, can make the smart ner choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, Razor is just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Shave Butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their rec- regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel anytime you like. You can only get this offer exclusively at DollarShaveClub.com/fore. slash 4, F-O-R-E, That's dollarshaveclub.com slash four, F-O-R-E. Go get your razors. We are now
0: joined by Peter Jacobson. Uh, For those of you who don't know, he is, uh, of course, a tower analyst for NBC Sports' coverage of the PGA Tour. Going to be a big part of the coverage for the remainder of the FedEx Cup playoffs, we got the Dell Technologies Championship, the B&W, of course, the Tour Championship. Um, also, going to be a big part of the President's Cup coming up at the end of the month, which we're all pumped about. You can find him this weekend. He'll be out at TBC Boston Friday, Saturday on Golf Channel, Sunday, and Monday on NBC. Mr. Jacobson, how are you, sir?
2: I'm good. How are you guys today?
0: We're doing really well. We did just put you on hold, so we very much <laughs> apologize for that. That's uh, that's our bad.
2: <laughs> it's okay. I'm, uh am uh, I've had to wait on the team for groups ahead of me many times.
0: Yeah, we were. We were doing a little slow play test for you there. there. (laughs) Uh, So let's just kind of hop right into some tour talk. We had a very exciting day, of course, yesterday uh, out on Long Island, which is up in our neck of the woods. Two of the game's bigger stars coming down, uh, hitting some great shots, getting into a playoff. First of all, just kind of what did you think about, you know, the new venue, Glen Oaks, and kind of what it looked like and how it played?
2: Well, I know Glen Oaks is a very difficult golf course. In fact, a couple of the players that I talked to were mentioning uh, how long and difficult it was. And I know a lot of the players complain about difficulty of a golf course, whether it's too long or too tight or too short or the greens are too fast. In my opinion, it really doesn't matter because everyone has to play the same golf course. And as you saw, Last weekend with the playoff with Dustin and and uh, Spieth, the cream did rise to the top. The, the leaderboard on the weekend was incredible, and I, it, when I watched the finish of that, I was I was blown away by how great the golf was and how how the drama, which is exactly what the PGA Tour and and the FedEx Cup is all about, creating the drama in the playoffs. And when you've got Dustin Johnson make a long putt on. 18 to get into the playoff and then hit that huge drive on the first extra hole and birdie to win it, it was just i loved it i thought it was uh, i thought it, i'm a golf fan first and foremost i played the tour and still play on the champions tour and i do tv for golf channel and nbc but first and foremost i'm a golf fan so that really appealed to my uh, to my love of the game
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you because, you know, guys like us, we're just Trent and I come at it from a very much a a fan's point of view. Um, You know, U.S. Opens, we like to see carnage and we like to see the big names. And we always, you know, kind of wonder if from a network's point of view and somebody like you who does cover golf professionally, you know, on that side of it, is it that much extra? I mean, are you guys that much pumped up when you do get big names battling down the stretch like DJ and Spieth and they end up in a playoff? I feel like that's got to be a huge boost.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, let me just say this. First of all, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm a golf fan, uh, first and foremost. But when I played the Tour, when I played in these major championships, I wanted to play my best, and I wanted the other guys to play their best because you don't really want to see – you mentioned golf fans like to see carnage and bogeys and double bogeys. I hate to see that because that's bad golf. I don't like to see bad golf. Yeah, heavy rough, shots going – Uh, haywire because of coming out of heavy rough. Well, if you drive it in the rough and you hit it in the bunker and you you miss putts and stuff, you deserve bogeys. But if you're hitting great shots and and, uh, making birdies, you're really performing. But yeah, I think from a network standpoint, next week when I'll be at the Dell Technologies up in uh, TPC of uh, Norton, I think think the most important thing is, is as we continue to move toward the FedEx Cup championship, and the tour championship, what we want to see are the best players playing their best. And we certainly saw that this week at the Northern Trust. It was it was amazing. As I said, the leaderboard was incredible.
0: Yeah, how successful do you feel the FedEx Cup has been? It's been, you know, about a decade now, and I know that when it first kicked off, to me it kind of you know, it felt okay, they're throwing a ton of money at this, this is a little bit contrived. Now that we're this far into it we've gotten the drama you know that we got with uh DJ and Rory at the end last year and then the first event this year with the you know DJ again another huge name in speeth uh i feel like and i've talked about on the show that i i buy into the fedex cup playoffs i love them from your point of view you know what are your thoughts on where the fedex cup playoffs are at
2: yeah i i agree with you i when it first came out i was uh i was still i was at the tail end of my tour career and i really didn't understand it and i think they they had to mess around with the poise system for probably five or six years until they got <laughs> it right, but at, at the very at, at the very end of the whole idea, what we're trying to do is determine the best player and And once you you start the season last fall, we've got the wraparound season now. We start in October, and we end in uh, at the end of September. I think it builds to the end, and I think it, I think it's been very successful for not only the PGA Tour and the playoffs, but for, but for FedEx as well. I mean, FedEx is the, the number one company in that, in that space. And I think being connected with such a great organization as the PGA Tour has been as good for them as it's been great for us. So uh, the all, all players want to play their best against the best. It doesn't matter whether it's the NBA playoffs or the Super Bowl or the World Series. You want to perform your best when you're playing against the best, and I think we see that, and we have seen that with the FedEx Cup and the playoffs, and I think we're certainly going to see it again the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, I um, you know, I've, I kind of said this on last week's show too, we talked about the FedEx Cup, that you know, I've lived in the Northeast now for about 10 years. I lived in Boston for nine of those years, so going to the TBC Boston event always... You know, meant a lot to me, and I always put a lot more stake into it because I was like, "Oh, they're coming to my town." What, uh, you know, just kind of being at those events. Do you feel like there's kind of that vibe now at these tournaments that you know, hey, these are these are a big deal, and these guys really care about these events.
2: It, there's a definite buzz, uh, not only with the fans because they're seeing big time golf in the city, but there's a definite buzz amongst the players as well because. When you make it to Boston, as we see the players this week, there's gonna be a hundred players playing. And then the next tournament, the next week is the BMW in Chicago at Conway Far uh, at yeah, Conway Farms, that's that is the top seventy and then you get to the final and it's top thirty. So if you keep advancing you know that you're playing some great golf. And what's really fun to see are players play into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, Harold Varner. Uh, we did. We saw him do an interview on Sunday where he played his way into uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. He played his way into the Northern Trust by by finishing uh, high at the Wyndham Championship, the last tournament of the uh, of the year before the playoffs. And then he, I think he finished like eighth or ninth yesterday to get into the uh, the Dell Technologies. So there is a buzz amongst the players, and it isn't just the money. I know the money's huge. Everybody would love to win the money, but uh if you're chasing the money on the PGA tour it's going to be a lonely existence you really have to chase the dream the the chase the dream of winning a major championship winning a Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup or winning the FedEx Cup playoffs that's really what it's all about
0: yeah and i think i mean i do think uh it feels like the money you know was definitely a part of it earlier on but I, I agree with you. I think now it's gotten to the point where you know the history the the, sh- the shot of the water on 17 uh at East Lake, and these types of things that you know the money might have drawn all the guys or a good field or whatever at the beginning but now I think that history is there and and uh so I mean it's it's awesome to kind of know that we've got that buzz even after the major championship season's over so uh so like I said I'm always pumped for the FedEx Cup playoffs
2: well, you guys, you guys know more than I do that when, when you start talking about these uh, the contracts that these NBA and NFL players sign when they make 15 and 20 million dollars for a season,
3: right. they get hurt
2: and they sit out, they still get paid. The one thing about the PGA tour is the money kind of pales in comparison with those huge contracts. But don't forget that if a player gets hurt and sits out, he doesn't get paid. So that's that's really the difference between PGA Tour golf and and these other sports is there's no guarant guaranteed contracts on the PGA Tour. You earn you got to go out and earn the uh, earn the money. If you play lousy, you make nothing. If you play great, you you win the big the big prize.
0: So we want to get a little bit to kind of behind the scenes as a guy that is out there do, you know doing live TV, um, doing live analysis on what's going on, kind of calling the play. First of all, you know you're up in the tower over there. Do you have any uh, any special snacks or kind of how do you how does Peter Jacobson prepare for the day out there?
2: Well, it it I would say that the most important thing to do is read everything that you're given. The Golf Channel and NBC has an incredible information department, and they churn out information about tournaments, players, shots, uh, the strategy, everything you can imagine. And one thing I learned when I first started there, Gary Koch, who's, who's a tower announcer with our team. The, the three tower announcers are uh, Dan Hicks is at 18, Gary's at 17, and I'm at 16. I learned from Gary that you've got to read everything. You've got to be prepared. And and I, I probably over-prepare because I don't want to get caught with my pants down <laughs> when something happens and you really have to be on your toes. For example, what happened at the Open Championship at Royal Birkdale when when Jordan Spieth hit a way to the right and he hit it over there, had to take the drop in the driving range and scrambled out a great bogey. You've got to be prepared. You've got to have some, some, some knowledge about the players, about the situation, the strategy, and the golf course to be able to do a credible job. So that's the most important thing is, is be prepared. Read everything. Number two, the other thing I've learned is when you're doing television, it, it, it's a visual medium. You don't have to tell the viewer. You don't have to talk nonstop. It's not radio. It's TV. So most important thing is uh, to shut up a lot of times <laughs> when when <laughs> when you're watching Jordan Spieth and Michael Greller talk about the shot. Shut up because you want to. If the viewer wants to hear the conversation, and a lot of times. When when the player sets up to hit the shot, and you you say this is uh, this is a big putt here for Birdie to take the lead, all you have to do is just stop talking because the viewer at home wants to be able to talk with his buddies. If you two are sitting there watching the golf, you don't need me going blah blah in your ear unless I can tell you something you don't know or something you can't see. So he might have a new putter, he might have uh, he might have a new strategy that he talked about before the week. So. There's just a lot of things that you learn, and, and I started. I came right from the PGA Tour and started doing television. So it, it's been great for me to work with such a professional team. Our, our producer Tommy Roy at NBC Sports is so great. Um, but I don't. I don't take too much stuff up there with me. I always have water and maybe some 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 diet coke and and some beef jerky snacks and nuts. Okay. But, you don't you don't want to you don't want to sit up there and get too high on candy. You don't want to sit there and eat candy all day. and Then you might you might faint. You might pass out.
1: How are you uh, How are you with the bathroom breaks? You're trying to spread those out. You said you mentioned water. You don't want to drink too much of that because you gotta you gotta hold it at some point, right?
2: Well, you're exactly right. In fact, at the Open Championship, a couple about a month ago at uh, Birkdale, uh you really don't want to drink too much because you're up in the tower for six. Sometimes eight, sometimes ten hours straight. So you really have to. watch. You've got to be careful because uh, there are no bathroom. There are no bathroom breaks. If you take a commercial, is only two to three minutes long. So unless you can uh, unhook, get down the tower, do your business, and get back, uh, you're you're uh, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, you don't want to get a. We're, like, we're going to cut over to Peter on sixteen, and it's just you can hear your stream or something like that. That's <laughs> not good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go over there to 16 and have it be dead air. That's that's the last thing that would
0: happen. I'm really glad you brought up 13 at the open because, you know, I know you talked about this a little bit with our buddy Shane Bacon, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, You know, what is the chatter like between those of you guys on the crew uh, with such a long ordeal, 25, 30 minutes, whatever it ended up being, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, production-wise, how are we going to cover this? Who are we going to go to? Spieth, way the hell over there. What are we doing? Just uh, uh, talk a little bit about kind of how that goes down behind the scenes.
2: Well, that was my hole. The thirteenth hole was my hole, so uh, I was responsible. But don't forget, I've got, I've got obviously Dan. And Sh- I've got everybody on the crew that I could go to, and we had David Faraday and Roger Maltby in the fairway following Spieth and Kuchar, and Johnny and Dan are up in the tower, but everybody kind of sensed that once he hit it way to the right and he was arm waving and directing traffic and trying (laughs) to get the proper line of sight for his drop. And he dropped that out on the, on the driving range. What our job was, was simply to try to explain to the, to the viewer what he was doing. He had, he had three options. When you have an unplayable eye, you've got three options. So we, we explained what the three options were. And the one option that he chose was to, go back as far as he could, keeping the point where his ball was between him and the hole. So we tried to explain that. We had a rules official from the R&A up there with us. But, again, there was so much going on. Spieth and his caddy Michael Greller were, were yelling back and forth at each other, trying to get the proper line, trying to get spectators. As I said on the telecast, it looked like a, looked like a UFO club standing on the hill. Trying to watch for uh, different crazy lights in the sky, but they're trying to get the spectators to move left or move right. They're just trying to get the proper line. And there were officials down there, and and Faraday and Maltby were down there. So we really just tried to keep tried to keep everybody informed as to what was going on. But don't forget, this is where the problem lies. The groups ahead of them didn't have the problems. So they were just playing on. And I think Brooks Kepka was in the group ahead of them. And by the time they finished 13, Spieth and Kuchar finished 13, I think Kepka was on the 16th hole. Jesus. So because it took so long, they were, oh gosh, anywhere from maybe two to two and a half holes behind. So it, now that causes problems with production as well, because now when the groups finish, they're all done. There's only one group left on the course. Spieth and Kuchar, and they're on like 15 or 16, and and then you couple that with the incredible comeback by Spieth. He makes that 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 uh, incredible bogey on 13, and then he birdies 14, eagles 15, birdies 16 and 17. One of the one of the greatest turnarounds I've ever seen in my career in golf, playing or broadcasting.
0: It was unbelievable, and I'm I'm curious, you know, once you guys. Uh, c- once the field sort of shrinks down in a situation like that to just two guys you know what are those decisions like on you know how much because you want to show as much golf as possible but then you get to a point where it's just a two-man race you know what are those decisions like trying to figure out exactly how much to cover you know the, the walk in between the holes or should we cover that should we cover more shots even though these guys are out of it uh, that kind
2: of thing well, I think that, that obviously would be a question for the, for the producer and the director, Tommy Randolph and Tommy Roy, but what you're trying to do is build drama, and I think there was more drama <laughs> in that event with Coocher uh, and Spieth. When Spieth hit it way to the right, he looked like he was going like, to double or triple or worse. I think everybody thought, oh, well, is going to win this. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets it up and down for bogey, and now he's one behind, it's the greatest reset I've ever seen. When he goes to 14, it's a it's a four-minute walk up the hill. Coocher hits first, and then Spieth almost uh, jars it for a hole in one. And then he makes birdie, and then he goes on an incredible run. I think that's where your 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 broadcast team, the guys that are calling the action, Johnny Miller and Gary Koch and Malby and Faraday, everybody on our team has so much experience that – I think you 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 depend on the knowledge of the broadcasters and their experience as players to be able to tell that story. Obviously, the viewer is watching, and the viewer makes whatever they want out of it. And, and it's our job to be able to explain what's going on and whether this is something we've ever seen before. And I think we all agreed we had never seen anything like that happen before. Somebody, it's such a wild drive on thirteen. And then come back and birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie. It's just, it's just
0: crazy. No, it was unbelievable. And it's, uh, you know, for us, we're we're big social media guys, so we're always in the conversation on Twitter when those things are going on. And obviously, you know, that whole world <laughs> was going crazy, and people are like, "What the hell is going on?" So I, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't get enough of that coverage. And so to just hear hear about it from someone who's right there covering it is, uh, man, it was crazy.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I, as I said, I think it was the most incredible reset or turnaround I've ever seen in, in certainly in professional golf. I can't speak for all of professional sports, but it just goes to show you how special this kid is. Jordan Spieth has won three major cha- or three of the four major championships on his resume. He's trying to com- complete the career Grand Slam, and it's it's just he's just one of those special characters that comes along. You think of people like, you think of people like Byron Nelson, Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods. They come along and they just Ben Crenshaw is another one. They just have that special touch, that that special personality. They're they're just incredible on and off the golf course. And speed fits right in that category.
0: Yeah, and we've we've talked about speed quite a bit. Now I wanted to get your take on kind of the the you know, the star power landscape of the PGA tour right now, because I feel like for the last few years, maybe two or three years, we've, we've sort of built up this, this period, this era where maybe we've got five or six stars, you know, we've got Speeth we've got Rory, we've got DJ, you know, you could, you could put Jason day Hideki in there. Ricky. Uh, and it's, and it's, I feel like we're going to get to that point in the next couple of years now where, where somebody or maybe two guys really emerge from that pack as the guys that are going to have, you know, the phenomenal standout careers from this era? Do you think Speed is that guy?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I think there are, to your point, we used to see only those guys from the United States. We used to just see the U.S. dominate the world stage. But what's exciting to me, is to see these young superstars emerge from around the world. You look at Hideki Matsuyama from Japan. He's going to win a major. He might ascend to the number one player in the world at at some time in his career. He's that good. you got Rory McIlroy from Northern Ireland. Uh, You've got Jonathan Vegas from Venezuela, who's going to be on the President's Cup team. You just got a a couple fist pumps
0: from us there because Trent's a big Rory guy and I'm a huge Hideki Matsuyama guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, but these guys, I'm telling you, they're so good. I'm glad that I'm 63 years old and not starting the tour now because I, I'm not sure I could compete with these guys. They are the complete package, and obviously the the guys from Australia, you got Jason Day and Adam Scott, and then the guys from South Africa. Don't forget, Brandon Grace is going to be another player to keep your eye on who could win major championships down the road. you got Louis Oostezen. Charles Schwarzel, and then you got Fowler and Speed and Dustin Johnson. So you've got—I think I just named like eight or ten guys there. <laughs> that All have the ability to be number one. And what's what's really fantastic about it is they all push each other. They're all great friends. There's when you think back to the days of uh, uh, of uh, some of the players that that were rivals—Norman uh, and Faldo and maybe Tiger. And Mickelson, you didn't see those guys hanging out and laughing and joking and taking spring break vacations to the Bahamas together. But you see that now with Spieth and, and just, oh, man, I didn't mention Justin Thomas. What a talent he is. There's so many guys, it's the, hard, you know, it's hard. Yeah, there's just there's probably 10 or 12 guys that, that could win uh, any a major championship any week. So all you have to do is throw a, throw a dart at a, at a dart board, and you're going to come up with as good a name as, as anybody. But I think what's fun is these guys all appreciate, they not only appreciate the history of the game, and they know who Palmer and Nicklaus and Woods uh, mean to the game of golf, but they also appreciate what each other brings to the game, the, the space and Justin Johnson and Fowler and Day and Adam Scott, and they push each other. So from a, from a golf fan, a viewer's standpoint, and a broadcaster's standpoint, it makes it that much more special.
0: So we mentioned a lot of international guys in there. We've obviously got the President's Cup coming up uh, at the end of the month, which you'll be covering. You know, the U.S. has been on a hell of a tear. What uh, What are you expecting from, uh, you know, sort of a competitive standpoint at this year's President's Cup?
2: Well, it's going to be competitive. It always is. It always starts out fairly close. And then in the past, I think the depth of the United States team takes over, and we certainly have seen that. We saw that in Korea uh, when that happened, and we've seen that in the past. Funny you mention that. I was looking through the President's Cup standings uh, just today, just in advance of our call, and I was I was trying to put together some thoughts about some teams and, and some, some matchups. And I think once you get past the, the first five or six players on the President's Cup team for the international squad, maybe the top eight guys, I think – uh, and basically, you could say that both the U.S. and the President's Cup team from 1 through 8 are, are, are pretty comparable. They're they're very evenly matched. But I think where the United States takes the advantage is players 8 through 12 or 9 through 12. I think that's where you see the advantage and the depth of the United States side take over from the international side. That's what it's saying, that the United States is going to win. Anything can happen, and that's not that's not uh, saying anything bad about the international team. But but when you're when you're drawing up comparisons between the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots, uh, it's pretty easy. You start stacking the rosters up, and you say this guy's got an advantage here, this guy's got an advantage there. There's only 12 players per team. I understand that, and golf's a crazy game. Anything can happen. But I'm predicting, a uh, United States victory. It won't be a landslide. It'll be maybe a couple of points, but but that's kind of how I see how I see it going at this point.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was looking at the team earlier, and it's funny because the build up is you know it sounds like wow the U.S. they're they're huge favorites is on home soil, but I was looking at some of these names. I mean, Hideki, Jason Day, Adam Scott, Louis and Charles Schwartz. Like these guys are. A lot of those guys are major champions in there. So I think it's going to be a little closer than everybody thinks.
2: Yeah, I agree. You got you got Leishman in there, Mark Leishman, who's a who's a who's a wonderful player, Jonathan Vegas. So you've got some guys that maybe aren't as well known as uh, as the United States team, but these guys are great. They're competitive. Leashman almost won the Open Championship a couple of years ago, and he did win the Arnold Palmer Invitational this year. And Jonathan Vegas, Jonathan Vegas won a couple, uh, couple weeks ago. So uh, the, it's going to be competitive, and it's going to be great golf as usual.
0: So we've got um... – you know, we just talked a, a little bit earlier about the Open Championship. We've got Carnoustie next year. This is a little bit of a selfish question because I'm going Thursday over to Scotland for the first time in my life. Do you have any advice for someone going over to play a little Lynx golf for the first time?
2: <laughs> You've never been over there? Never been over there. No, man. It's going to be a complete shock to your system. American golf is played in the air, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes – We've made in American golf architecture. Somebody tried to bring Europe golf, European golf, Scottish golf, Irish golf to the United States. And and uh, when you're over in Scotland, when you're there, the, the, golf played on the ground. You're going to see more humps and bumps and dry spots than you've ever seen on an American golf course. Well, that's how you play the shots. You've got to judge it. You hit an eight iron from 200 yards and it lands – only 160 yards and it rolls the next 40. You don't do that in the United States. So, it is a completely different style of golf when you play in Europe. And I think you'll probably see that right away when you uh, when you tee it up, you're going to you going to Scotland? Are you going to
0: have caddies? Are you going so, um, to so carry your own bag? I'm staying uh, in St. Andrews. I'm kind of playing, you know, all the courses around there. The furthest I'm going is up to Carnoustie. But, I, you know, I think for a handful of rounds, I'm playing seven rounds in four days, uh, which wow. I'm sure all the listeners are going to be like, screw you, Riggs. But <laughs> uh, seven rounds, four days, you know, I think the old course, probably Carnoustie, um, probably Kings Kingsbarns, I'm going to get caddies just because I feel like you need it for the full experience. Yeah,
2: you need a caddy because the, the caddies are entertainment in, in in themselves. They'll be gambling against each other uh, <laughs> on their player. So so the, your your caddy will bet against the other caddies on you. So if you make a couple of bogeys or you miss a short putt and the caddy kind of looks at you like he hates your gut, <laughs> he does.
0: It's because I just cost him a bunch of money?
2: You, you just cost him about about eight quid.
0: Oh well, now I'm even more <laughs> nervous. God damn it! <laughs> uh, all right, well, Peter Jacobson, we um, you know we really appreciate it. We've been uh, we've been fans for a while, and we're looking forward to the rest of the FedEx Cup.
2: Well, thanks thanks for having me, guys. And it's going to be really exciting. We're off to a great start with uh, the exciting finish with uh, the Northern Trust, and it's only going to get better and build to the pe- uh, the Presidents Cup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're pumped and uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Also, we apologize for making you wait. That was uh that was our bad.
2: No problem. When you're over there in Scotland, just make sure you have a Guinness or two for me. <laughs>
0: That's not a problem. See You guys. All right. Thanks. See thanks, ya. Peter. <laughs> that interview with Peter Jacobson was brought to you by betdsi.com. Everybody knows I love to Gamble. Everyone's always looking for some action. Hey, I want to bet on the fight, or I want to bet on the golf this weekend, or I think DJ's going to come back and beat Jordan Spieth, uh, and I want to put some odds on it. I want to put some money on it. Get some good odds. Boom! You got to go to betdsi.com. They've been in business for over 20 years, paying winners. A plus rated on sportsbook review sites. You can use that all that sports knowledge you build up. Talk. Uh, stick to sports. You can stick to sports and bet on it. Uh, you can do it and make some extra cash. Easy to use mobile paying uh, playing interface. Play, win, get paid. BetDSI offers odds on everything golf, including special matchups and props as games are in action. Again, there's nothing I love more than maybe on a Friday night or Saturday night, checking the leaderboard, checking the odds on BetDSI.com, picking somebody to win, and then following that horse all day Sunday. Um, They offer also... They also offer odds on everything else. You can pretty much imagine all major sporting events. Again, we were all watching the fight this past Saturday night. It's really nice to be invested and rooting for somebody. Also, uh, I do a little bit of politics writing from time to time. You can bet on politics. You can bet on reality TV. Trent, little bachelor love there. Let's go. You can pretty much bet on anything you want on betdsi.com. Use the promo code 4PLAY25. That's F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y-2-5. And you get a twenty-five dollar free wager just for registering. If you decide to deposit, you will get a two hundred percent bonus match on your money. I play there myself. Like I said, I recommend Bet DSI. If you want to add a little excitement to the games, which you should, you got to go to betdsi.com. Uh, use the promo code play twenty-five f-o-r-e-p-l-a-y two-five. Get yourself a twenty-five dollar wager on the house. Also, can get 200% extra bonus when you deposit. That's 4Play25 to get your free wager and start winning today. Next up, we've got From the Gallery, because we are the only podcast by the Common Golfer. For the Common Golfer. It's true. We love hearing from you folks. We love your submissions. We love all the bullshit you send us. Good news for you guys. Uh, you're no longer just making sunshine. Where you're no more, no longer making sunshine work at all. You're just making us work. Yeah, uh, we, we have like to work. Through. We love to work. It's great. Um, it had been a while since I've gone through from the gallery. It's actually nice to read a lot of the people that say nice things about you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, people always start off with love the show. Keep up the good work.
1: Big time ego boost.
0: Which, if you don't go into the email, you always basically hear the opposite. Yeah. So that's nice. It's oh. real nice. Appreciate that. Uh, from the gallery, reminder to email us foreplay at barstoolsports dot com. Or hit us up on social media, Twitter, at 4 also Instagram, at 4PlayPod. Hit us with your stuff, whether it's little stories you got with your buddies, whether it's questions you got about how to go about um, whatever you need when you play golf, um, little nuances, maybe little games that you play. A lot of submissions for people asking for really good competitive games outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anybody's got any really good ones out there, send those in. Maybe we'll read a couple on the show. Uh, this week, we've got Hank. Hank essentially asks a couple things. He asks, one, uh, when when these pros that love to come on and talk about the Tuesday practice games or rounds of golf, uh, where they're kind of drinking beers and having some fun, basically asked, you know, do they he wondering if like they just bring their own beers out there, if they buy them from the course. First of all, I don't think that they're drinking beers during Tuesday practice rounds of PGA Tour events. Probably not. Uh, I would assume when they go out and play with them with their buddies or whatnot, they're buying from the course.
1: Yeah, I think when we talk about Tuesday practice rounds with guys and they talk about gambling, I think people just immediately think they're drinking.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Like
1: that has to be what it is. And I don't. I mean, I understand that connection, but they're definitely probably not drinking on Tuesday practice
0: rounds. Yeah, I understand the connection, but you're wrong. That's not that they're <laughs> not doing that. They're just. Uh, I think they gamble on Tuesday practice rounds when they're at tournaments, uh, but I do not think that they are drinking but that leads to uh, another question which was kind of a two-parter from Hank basically asked when you guys go play and you bring a bunch or you drink a bunch of beers with your buddies in the course are you buying from the course or are you packing your golf bag full of a bunch of cheap light beers
1: uh sort of two answers to that question i buy beer from the clubhouse enough to get a cooler and then I stuff my bag with a bunch of very shitty light domestic beer.
0: That's one of the most classic moves. Uh, very experienced move there. Yeah,
1: because you got—I mean—you got to keep the beers cold. Yeah. You got to You know, you start out and you give the, the clubhouse, you give the course some money for those first. You know, you buy six beers for like nineteen dollars. Yeah, and you kind of hoodwink them a little bit, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm
0: totally into kind of like you know, f- like helping you guys out, put pumping some money into the into the concession, grabbing some beers from you guys. Really appreciate it. When in reality. You you brought like thirty five beers in your yeah. bag. Yeah. Your bag's like the heaviest fucking thing on planet earth.
1: Have you ever been caught like sneaking beers on a course?
3: Um,
1: no. Okay. Me no. either. I just wonder if that happens. Like do the clubhouse does the clubhouse really care if you buy you buy your first six from them and then you've got like, you know, twenty five in your bag?
0: No, because the people that I think actually care are not working at the clubhouse. Agreed. You know, like it's the, the people it's gonna be like the pros or the bad guys or the, like the chick that's you know the chick that's maybe the cart girl or something like i don't think she gives a fuck no as long as you tip her you know 10 bucks or whatever when you buy those when you buy those six beers for 19 bucks uh <laughs> i don't think she gives a shit
1: so yeah i think that uh is that your move as well you 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 buy the cooler with the six in it and then you stuff
0: yeah or whatever they got sometimes they just give you one of those big bags yeah. of like ice uh but yeah that's always a good one to get some ice get a cooler, whatever whatever the version is that they have there um but but even if they don't necessarily give it to you with a bunch of with like a cooler or with with ice, sometimes they'll just hand you the beers. Then I I'll just get like four. Yeah. Um. So that again, it's it's a total like fake out situation.
1: Yeah, and also, once I get more drunk, I'm gonna get I'm gonna want to eat. So then that just motivates me to eat more from the clubhouse. So I'm still giving money in that way too.
0: True. Really. I good don't want to
1: sound like we're ripping off the clubhouses here.
0: No, but we love clubhouses. Yeah, huge fan. Pro clubhouse podcast. Um, so we like to give a little bit to the pro shop, and then also we're gonna, you know, we're gonna bring a shit ton of beers that we pack into our bag, like I said. To, you know, you get to that point then where you've got like, you know like beers like breaking off your zippers on certain pockets in your <laughs> <Yeah>. bag. <laughs> you're like, how many more can you fit in there? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got room in my ball, the where I keep my balls. There's like two more, two more spots in here, and you're just stuffing beers in your bag. So we've all been there before.
1: Or you've got the guy, I've got the friend who brings just brings a bottle out, brings a bottle of booze which is very dangerous for
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah, the other one you get is the uh you always have a friend who's obsessed with nips. Yes. And they, you know, the guy's got he always has like 40 nips in his bag. You're like, "What the fuck?"
1: It's like it's like they're like, "Yeah, they're just nips," but then it's like bite-sized candy bars where just cuz you eat bite-sized like 40,000 bite-sized candy bars doesn't mean they are any less of candy bars.
0: 100%. They'll be like, "Oh, every time somebody makes a birdie, we'll just we'll just do around the do nips." A nip. and it's like next you're you're you've taken like seven shots by yeah. the time you play nine holes, you're like, "What is going on here, dude?" the fuck so we've all got those friends that's my best advice um so yeah i think i think we nailed that question to be honest with
1: you. i think so too i mean i feel like everybody kind of does the same thing but i don't want people to feel too bad if you're bringing out like 25 beers like that's just how it works on a golf
0: course no that's the move and it's i mean i i hate we give this answer quite a bit but it's also dependent i mean if you're playing like a really nice private track with like you know, your significant other's dad or something. Like, probably don't want to pack your bag full everything of 20 is, beers.
1: You know, everything is situation, everything is scenario. The, the, the golf course I have in my head back home in Cedar Rapids is not, like, a nice course where you bring out, like, 25 beers. No,
0: the general muni that a lot of us are playing, you know, on Saturday morning with the guys at 10 or 11 a.m. where it's, like, f- you know, 50 bucks plus a cart fee and you right. get you get your run of the place, you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want to the golf course. <laughs> That's the place where you pop in, you buy a couple a couple uh Natty Lights or butt Lights, and then you bring the rest and, like I said, stuff your bag to the point where it basically falls apart because you put so many beers <laughs> just, in it. It just
1: rips everywhere. You don't have any place for balls or tees. 100%.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. This weekend, we've got the Dell Technologies up at TPC Boston. Again, I know a lot of you guys are going to be out there. Um, My pal
1: Riggs has a big weekend.
0: I've got a big weekend. This is going to be the first time in a long time I haven't been to the event at TPC Boston, yep. uh, formerly the Deutsche Bank. Uh, Dell Technologies is not going to be happy, probably, that I said that. Probably not. But whatever. I do think, though, I was doing a little math in my head. Watch out, folks. Okay. Harvard guy. And I think, so I think I'm going to be five hours ahead of y'all, which means, you know, for dinner time when I'm, when I'm throwing back a couple pints over in the uk yeah like i'm gonna be able to catch on the tv at the bar there you go the end of you know the the what's going to be the sunday and monday rounds okay so, so you are getting the best of both worlds so too. i've got this really cool vision in my head where i'm playing all these sweet links courses 36 holes a day buzz into one of the little pubs right by the course there have dinner a couple pints and boom the golf's on and i'm watching pga tour golf back home
1: in these last couple of weeks, I've taken a lot of shit for doing things by myself. So I'm very proud of you for going by yourself. For just to going by myself, to playing teenagers. golf. How can uh, how can people follow you during your during your trip?
0: At Riggs Barstool on Twitter. Probably even more prevalent is going to be at Riggs Barstool on the Instagram machine. I'm basically been saving up my Instagrams. I mean, I've posted quite a few here and there, but it's really my game slowed down in the last couple of weeks because I'm trying to save room on my Instagram page yep. for the flood of fucking stuff that's going to come to people.
1: Going to be a lot of quarter zips on there, I would imagine. Quarter
0: zip season is hot. Uh, I almost have too many at this point. Um, for And the other thing that I keep kind of forgetting is that it's just a four-day trip. Yeah. So it's like, how much shit can you wear in four days? True.
1: That is true. But you can, like, in between, you're playing two rounds a day, you, like, switch in between.
0: My brother goes, You might have to change outfits between nine holes every time.
1: Oh, there you go. Between <laughs> nine holes, even more. Just outfit change every once in a while. I don't hate that.
0: Yeah. Knock on wood. But the forecast literally looks like the greatest forecast I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, you know, everybody talks about the rain and the wind and the shitty weather that you get over there. It is forecasted to be like 64 degrees and sunny with partly cloudy and like 10% chance of rain the whole time. I'm
1: Perfect. There. It's early. Yeah.
0: So again, knock on wood, knock on whatever superstitious spiritual shit you got to knock on, but it's looking good right now.
1: All right. Well then, I mean, you're, you're set up for a very, very nice trip. Very nice weekend.
0: We're going to have a huge show next week. We're going to have to be, we're going to be debriefing my trip. Yep. Um, we're going to be halfway through the FedEx cup. We're going to be a couple weeks out from the president's cup, uh, it's a good time. It's a lot going on. Like I said, next week's show will be out on Wednesday, not Tuesday, and it's going to be a big one, probably going to be super long, probably going to have all kinds of uh, of sweet stories, sweet stuff to talk about, and uh, a great guest lined up. So that's it. That's all I got.
3: Hit it
2: hard. Hit it hard.
3: I hit it hard, man. So far. Up by now, all the rough I've seen, these ups and downs. Somehow I just keep on playing through. So, all you critics, pull up a chair at the Winter Circle soon. I'll be there with a high five and a smile for you. Hit it hard! tell me how to live my life these lawyers and strings spending money like my ex-wives sure i gamble and i drink and smoke three packs a day hell ain't country music supposed to be this way it's from the heart man i hit it hard man